Hello, and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings toward our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. I am Chicky. I am at Chicky on Blue Sky Social, and I'm joined today by Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Guile. Hey, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. And Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. I'm at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And today we are covering Danny's fifth chapter in A Storm of Swords. Sorry, Daenerys Five from A Storm of Swords. <laughs> this is a fun one. This is one I actually enjoy, which is good since I'm moderating it. Um, so we we open on Danny and and Co ro- rolling right up to uh, Marine, which is um, massive compared to the last few places that they've been, which were also massive. And her 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 army. I'm going to call it an army, but it's basically just like her her entourage is eighty thousand strong. But she thinks about how they're not all really army people. Like she's got she's got a lot of um, was it Jora who said they're just like <laughs> mm-hmm. mouths to feed or something. Yeah, yeah um, there's about about a quarter of them she thinks could fight. She's got like the Unsullied, and she's got some cell swords, and of course she's got Dothraki still. But anyway, they they roll toward Meereen and see some just pretty horrific... By the way, maybe I should throw in a trigger warning for, you know, terrible violence. There yeah. could be some sexual violence discussed. I don't even know what all in this. It's, it's you know, gross as Danny's chapters can be. Um, as they were rolling toward Meereen, they were going past these children who had been... They had been enslaved children who were, I guess nailed up on posts with their arms pointing toward Meereen and they'd been killed pretty gruesomely, like, uh, I don't know, had their, their stomachs slashed open or something. Just something absolutely horrific. And um, so danny has been kind of getting angrier and angrier the closer that she gets to Meereen, and it's very obvious that the Meereenese have, like, just burnt, possibly eat or use, um, for, like, I don't know, it sounded like, was it 20 leagues around mm-hmm. Meereen? Just a long way. Uh, and so right now they're camped out in a burnt out olive grove, um, looking out at Marine, where um, this absolute <laughs> fool of a champion of Marine is like running around outside the walls on a horse uh, with a lance. It sounds like this sounds like a very like Westerosi knight type look that this uh-huh. guy must have. He's like riding a horse with a lance. He's got like I don't know some sort of pink cape or something. Um, and he's taunting the 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 um, conquering army that has shown up. Just one guy outside the walls, and um, Danny and her crew are just kind of looking at this guy and uh, you know discussing what to do about him. Some people say that Danny needs to deal with the champion or else, and um, she's a little worried about how to handle it because she doesn't want to dishearten her army or um, do anything to. I don't know. Make the other make the other team feel good about themselves. This is kind of a funny uh, setup that we've got here. Um, the thing that I found maybe most funny is 
kind of peppered throughout this opening section are little references to the fact that Danny has it so bad for Dario at this point. Seriously <laughs> <laughs> into him. Um, I had kind of forgotten how much like she actually does seem to like really. I'm like, you know, it's obviously a sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Is this is this actually like a romantic thing or is it just sexual attraction that I she's for the first? I think more att- more attraction than no physical. And I mean, he's probably like the only like male option mm. open to her, really, like realistically, that she would ever even, you know, because she's not going to like screw around with her blood riders, and mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't like Jora. Arson's too old, you know. Like, meh, this is this is probably her best bet. <laughs> My dog Desperate. is like loudly snoring next to me. So. <laughs> I wish I could hear that, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, so what, anyway. she's 15 still. Mm. Like, she's yeah. like the bad boy type. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, there's, they do mention, like, he, um, he gave orders to cut those children down before she mm. could see them to, like, kind oh, of yeah. bear her that sight. So, I mean, he's a douchebag, but he does, ha- you know, he does have his moments of, like, kindness basically. Oh right, he's bringing her flowers because he was saying he was yeah. trying to show her the, the different fauna of the area and supposedly and yeah, some kind of sweet stuff there. <laughs> a little bit. He doesn't have to try that hard I don't think, but you know, a little effort. He's definitely putting some effort in. I mean this kind of <laughs> pathetic excuse for why he's bringing her flowers every time he brings her a report <laughs> is uh, pretty transparent. Uh, so, anyway, after a lot of, um, I don't know, I would say discussion, we get a lot of backstory on, on like, um, Ben Plum. Um, we get a little bit of backstory on uh, Strong Bell- Bellwis. Um, what do you guys think? I kind of think, I, I kind of feel like this is when Danny's, like, entourage is at their strongest at this point. I love the characters that are around her here. Yeah, and I mean, we don't even get, you know, we get a mention of Grolio, who is also awesome, and, you know, he's uh-huh. not really in that chapter this much, but yeah, you add him in, and this is a pretty solid crew. Yeah, I think they really, really are. So, um, we have her kind of land on the idea of sending Strong Bellless out to fight this champion, because she's kind of thinking through, you know, like, who she can, basically, it's kind of sad. She's like, thinks through who she can spare among her people, because she's not sure if she can just beat, beat this champion of Marine. She feels, she feels like she needs to do something about it, because it's just, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't want her, anyone to think that she's afraid, or that her army isn't strong. And um, so she lands on Strong Bellwis because he's not commanding anybody, but he possibly could beat this guy. And that Strong Bellwis had been enslaved in Mirene, and therefore uh, there's no real honor for the champion in either winning or losing to Strong Bellwis. So she sends him, and Strong Bellwis puts on, oh my god, such a show for <laughs> the entire crowd. We love it. Strong Bellwis, like... Let's this just stands there and lets this guy on a horse with a lance, like, charge him a couple times, and he kind of, like, you know pushes aside the lance, and then the next time he, like, ducks it and literally just cuts the guy's horse out from under him, which ripped to the poor horse, but, and, like, just just completely kills this guy, who, I didn't even mention this, Champion had made ram's horns in his hair. Oh, yeah, he got, like, gelled it up or something. Yeah, Yeah, just, like, plants a sword, sword, like, right between his little hair horns, but I, you kind of love it, and then I love how at the end, as Strong Bellis 
is like r- walking back to where the army is. He like a shit in the direction of Marine, just like for everybody to see. It's just like the ultimate and just like who gives a fuck about you? Who even are you? Type situation. So, you know, strong Bellis appreciation. Um, I will stop. I will stop saying that I wish he was in the show because, as someone pointed out, that probably would have been disastrous. So Aww. I'll just be glad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, handled that. Casting for that. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it's knowing their juvenile humor. It's kind of surprising that they didn't have a scene like this. But uh, yeah, they can it. It's not for them. It was not for them. No. So anyway, now comes the question of how on earth does uh, Danny conquer Meereen, which she insists that she needs to do because she can't let the world hear that, you know, Meereen, like, outsmarted her or outlasted her or that she couldn't conquer it. Um, and she's kind of getting a lot of different uh, advice here. Um, but in the meantime, she hears from Ben Plum that Ben Plum thinks the only real vulnerability that the city has is the sewers, because that's how he escaped from there, as he went out through the sewers. But he's like, only a few people could go in, and and she's like trying to think through who it would be that she would send in um, to the city through the sewers. Uh, she doesn't think it's a good job for the Unsullied, and she doesn't think it's a good job for the Dothraki, and she thinks that whoever does it's probably going to die. Um, so... And she's wishing, I love how she's wishing that her dragons were a little bigger. Mm-hmm. It's like, good, good sign right there. Because doesn't everybody think that she's going to conquer Casterly Rock by going in through the, the, the sewers? sewers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have mm-hmm. to say, I feel like the Unsullied are almost uniquely qualified to go in through the sewers. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the Unsullied, and I don't like thinking of them as, like, being sacrificed. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like they would be uniquely unbothered by the sewers. And perhaps this should have been a job they could have easily done. Hmm. That is an interesting thought. Mm. Yeah, because they are kind of impervious to, like, disgustingness or pain. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. The only thing would be, I mean, they don't know their way through the sewers, I guess. But, yeah, they did seem the most qualified to to get that done. Like, they're too good for that, you know, right? Like, they're too good to be sacrificed mm. in a sewer. But, in a sewer, right. I mean, I guess that's the point against it. But, yeah, it seems like they would, you know, they could handle that. Yeah, well, she is thinking, though, about how her actual fighting force is not that big, and the Unsullied are her best, like, soldiers in the field, and so she does want to, like, preserve, I don't know, yeah, I kind of get, but, yeah, you guys are right, they are. I mean, she doesn't need 8,000 of them there, she just needs enough to, like, you know, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so... She goes. She gets nowhere with it. But um, as all of the like people, her little council that's been giving her advice are leaving the tent. Uh, Brown Ben Plum has a little encounter with I forget which dragon, but the dragon kind of likes him, and he says it's because he has a little Targaryen blood, which feels like definitely is dropped in there for a reason. And Danny thinks for the first time about how she can't ride and control all three dragons at once when she does do her conquering. And that she will need two other dragon riders. So that was that was kind of I think this is the first time she's really thought much about that. So that was a good a good little drop in. So um, remind was, me in the mystery night is Bloodraven disguising himself as a plum, right? Ah, oh, so maybe maybe Bloodraven like dicked around, so to speak, 
like oh. as a plum and like that's where they have their dragon blood from or something oh i don't even know where they're supposed to get their dragon blood from that would be so interesting. maybe one of blood raven's sisters was married mm. to a plum or you know it could yeah. be something like that too and that's why he picked the name yeah, so I think he's uh, Maynard Plum is who yeah, he, the yeah. name he takes in, in Mystery Night. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you know that. Sort of, <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I really like the Mystery oh, Night. Oh, like those, those novellas are, I like those more than the regular series. Yeah. <laughs> they are great. They are so good. They're the only novellas that I've ever read of George's, that's for sure. Yeah, me too. So anyway, Danny is, she's pondering and pondering and, and she knows that she needs to figure out who's going to go into these sewers. And so she kind of goes out to get some fresh air and she's wandering around amongst her camp and, you know, like people are coming up to her and they're like, some of them are kind of like praying to her almost as she's riding around on her silver and, and she's got, she's got Arston Whitebeard with her um, as part of her little tiny entourage as she rides around and she kind of sees all the people. And then um, she reaches a point where somebody like kind of, grabs her wrist and doesn't let go and suddenly she's pulled off her horse and uh, she's in trouble because it's Miro and he wants to kill her. He was in disguise. I don't know. He just shaved his head and no one in this whole camp noticed him or recognized him, I guess. But anyway. He wore a baseball hat and some sunglasses. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, and so uh, Arston steps forward and with just a staff not only stops but kills, or well, doesn't completely kill, but completely inca- incapacitates Miro, and then it seems like the crowd kind of rolls in and kills Miro for her. And so, uh, you know, she is obviously aware that that Arston is is uh, maybe a little bit more than she thought he was, not just a really um, ancient squire. So she goes back to camp and. Um, you know, wants to know who 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 is Arston and and what is going on. So while Jorah is there, because she was yelling at Jorah for the fact that Mira was running around in the camp and no one noticed it, she wants Jorah to knight um, this Arston Whitebeard. And um, both Jorah and Arston say no, and then the story comes out, and uh, you guys just prepare for a shock. I know you did not see this coming. <laughs> Arston Whitebeard is in fact. Barristan the Bold, Barristan Selmy. I know. And uh, not only is is he uh, someone who's been running around in disguise with a story of his own, but he has a story to tell about Mm -hmm. our friend Jorah, who is or was a a secret informer for Robert Baratheon and had been sending back secrets about Danny in case everyone forgot what happened in A Game of Thrones. And um, Danny is obviously not happy to hear this about either of them. It's funny to me that she's so up, she's almost as upset about Barristan lying to her as she is about Jorah, which seems odd. I feel like she should be a thousand times more upset about Jorah. What do you guys think that is about? I, I, I feel like she's conflating the two because this mm. happening at the same time. Uh, so it felt like it was very misplaced towards Barristan. I was like, why are you mad at this guy? Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I get why she thinks he's a traitor and everything and that he he did lie, but it's like it's, what Jorah did is in so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, it seems excessive to just sort of spread it out to, okay, well, you too. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, here's another one of those Storm of Swords payoffs of something we've been waiting a couple books to see how it will play out. Here it is. 
Um, and so we kind of leave it where Danny, Danny, you know, is is going to send them both away. Um, and then she has an idea of what she could actually use them to do. And I think we all know that it's going to be to send them into the sewers <laughs> to conquer Marine. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I don't know. Do you feel like there was ever a moment where Jorah considered telling her the truth? Did he really think that he, that she would never find out that no one would ever tell her? There had to be, I mean, somewhere along the way, I'd, I'd imagine several times along the way, he had to, it had to be in his mind to tell her why, I don't know. Why he didn't, I don't know. I mean, other than self-preservation. I mean, he is someone that thought he was going to finance his, like, champagne lifestyle through selling people to slavery and maybe not, <laughs> yeah. not getting caught. So I feel like he, you know, doesn't actually make very good decisions. Like, he's mm. not maybe he just didn't think it through maybe it maybe it is that maybe he just hoped he could just write it out Mm. i mean maybe that is just something that he does that is true because that whole harebrained scheme about like selling the prisoners is just like this will obviously come back to bite you and yet he did it anyway yeah uh did we have any mail for this episode devin uh, yes, we did. Um, so I'm going to read through all the mail because it all, all every question comment relates to the end of the chapter. Um, so our first piece of mail from Bucko here on Discord. Why um, was Barry able to hide himself so long? He really wasn't trying. Um, and then Savick on Gmail, um, they ask, why did Barrison actually keep his identity secret from Danny for so long? I understand that no one else should know for security reasons, but why not fill her in? She would have to find out at some point anyway if he really meant to serve her. What was he waiting for? The right moment? What did he mean to reveal? When did he mean to reveal his identity to her? Um, Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord. Sorry, not a lot of sympathy for Barristan Selmy's identity being exposed here. His whole, I served an unworthy king, I would have continued to serve if Joffrey hadn't stripped me of my white cloak while he turned away and did nothing while true atrocities were going on during Aegon Ares' reign will never earn any points in my book. Um, and also from Carnival Girl 75 on Discord, what was Jorah thinking, exposing Barristan at this point? He had to know, as the Lord Commander of the King's Guard, Barristan would mm-hmm. be well aware that Jorah was the spy in Danny's camp. Yeah, that's that's I think the main thing is is Jorah pretending to not have known who Barristan was because it's yeah, like I he wondered that too. really yeah. quickly at mm-hmm. the end here. Yeah, like yeah, so quickly. So he had to have known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe he didn't time. want to say anything because he was afraid this would happen. Yeah, it was like, uh, <laughs> like I won't tell on you if you won't tell on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, which goes back to, I mean, did he think he was just going to be able to ride that out? <laughs> I mean, well, I feel like did he plan to like kill Barristan? Oh, I mean, That's you got to oh, think maybe so. Oh, oh, hmm. Well, and doesn't Barristan think later that he was, or say later that he was waiting to make sure that Danny was worthy? Oh. I've never stopped him from serving anyone before. Sick <laughs> <laughs> burn from Kyle. Oh. But, that I does mean, sound familiar, though. 
it's an interesting question about why he wouldn't like pull Danny aside. I mean, I guess that's the answer. Maybe is like, oh, she is she worthy of me? Like, fuck you, dude. Like, are you worthy of her? You know, like, ugh. But yeah, I mean, that that kind of is the only thing that would make sense. Because yeah, otherwise, why wouldn't he just be like, hey, you know, I'm this dude. Don't tell anyone. Because you know, actually, I don't even know why. Don't tell anyone. Like. You know, who cares? Yeah, I wonder, and I wonder if it would have helped as an in to say, oh, and I know he's betraying you. Like, if he just came in and exposed him, but I don't know. Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, does Barristan have fam? Like, assuming, like, what's the risk that it gets back I to think the risk that he's with her? Yes, the risk is that she looks more like, more like a, a threat to Westeros if she literally has the, the Lord former Lord Commander yeah. of the Kingsguard oh. with her. It makes it very obvious that she's thinking about conquering Westeros, mm. which um, you can imagine what Cersei. I mean, Cersei already doesn't like what's going on with Danny, so you can imagine. Um, what's she gonna do about it? <sighs> Not actually being able to affect a situation has never stopped Cersei from doing right, something like, wild. From so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like. I guess I just never really thought that Danny wasn't was trying to not appear to be a threat to Westeros. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I don't know. God. It's like for the reader to have some like cute little oh, can the readers can you figure this out before I reveal it to you? Like kind of little fun thing for us. <laughs> Maybe. He needs to get better at those. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think he just needs to, like, limit himself to, like, maybe only once a book we can have, like, uh, somebody in disguise or something and getting yeah. away with it when they shouldn't be. That'd be fun, sure. Because he already had Arya. He had Arya doing that in this book. He's done it. Yeah. He, he did Once a book, George. Once a book, you get to do oh, this. Oh, I think that'd be fun. If we, if Especially if we just, I mean, okay, granted, this would mean that he would write new books, but if it was just, like, a thing <laughs> that in every book there'd be someone in disguise and, like, as a reader, you're always kind of trying to figure out who that might be. That would be super fun. If we just like, where's Waldo? Yeah, like a where's Waldo thing. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Who is that in the trench coat in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> Three children. <laughs> oh God! Well, I love all that mail. I think you guys, you guys all have it down. <laughs> yep. Uh, do we have any more mail, Devin? Uh, that no other mail. That's it. Well. More to ponder. Um, we love to get your questions and comments, so please do send us more in. Um, you can do that on our um, comment threads on the Jamie Brand subreddit. Um, you can always drop us an anonymous message on our Tumblr, which is close the door and come here.tumblr.com, or you can email us at close the door at gmail.com. Um, and you can find us on social media, I think right now only on Twitter at uh, Door Podcast. Thank you, Guile. Um, maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday to be on Blue Sky if we get it done. We'll see yeah. how, how that goes. And as always, we want to thank our patrons on Patreon who help us keep the lights on for the podcast. And uh, with that, I am closing the door. Get out. <laughs>